in the name of Jesus. Come on, do you believe that, that anything is possible in this house? With Jesus, anything is possible. With Jesus, all things are possible. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. With Jesus, it can happen. With Jesus, it will happen. Hallelujah, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout and give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Luke chapter 7. Man, as you're turning your Bibles, amen, it's good to have Gianna with us in the house of God. Back in the house of God, I should say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 7 and verse number 11. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people, sorry, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. I want you to just notice that for a moment. Jesus is coming. His disciples are with him. And much people are with him. And now there's a dead man, the only son of his mother. She's a widow. And much people of the city is with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier or the coffin. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And I just want to preach for a few moments on this subject. Stop the funeral. Stop the funeral. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. Hallelujah, come on. Let's, let's just get before him. Hallelujah, and lift up our voice. There's going to be miracles, signs, and wonders following in this house. And God, we are giving you glory. We are giving you praise. There's going to be a collision of destiny in this house. And we give you the glory and the praise and the honor, Jesus, in advance for what you're going to do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout. Somebody worship him. Come on, it feels good in the house of God. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Shaking every sin. Tell him God bless you. And you can be seated in the house of God. Stop the funeral. Our text opens up. 
And the Bible says it came to pass the day after. But I want to take a few moments to talk about the day before. This is right after Jesus has called his disciples. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all going to give uh, some, some understanding of how this happens. Um, or at least a little, little background information. But Luke, Luke doesn't go too far back. He just, he just talks about the calling of the disciples. And then he immediately goes into the ministry of Jesus. Because Luke's goal in all of this, Luke was a doctor, he was a physician. His goal was he was sent out to prove whether or not this Jesus was real. And you better believe before it was all said and done that Luke came back with a gospel. Luke came back with an understanding and a reality that everything Jesus taught, everything Jesus said, and everything Jesus did was absolutely real. It was, it was, it was Luke that came and found, amen, all of the different uh, people, and it was him. He was writing unto somebody by the name of Theophilus. He was bringing forth his understanding. He was bringing, amen, a letter or a compelling argument as to why Jesus really was who he said he was. And Jesus calls his disciples, and immediately he begins to tell how Jesus is teaching and preaching. Jesus is coming forth, and he is giving understanding. But Jesus doesn't teach like anybody teaches. The Bible says that when they heard Jesus teach, he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Can I just tell somebody that you might be visiting with us here today, it really does matter what church you go to. It really does matter what word you are listening to and how you hear. Amen. Some would say it doesn't really matter. I'll tell you it matters because there's a lot of scribes, there's a lot of Pharisees, there's a lot of students of the Bible, but at the end of it all, they don't have any authority. You, you've got to come to a place that's got the authority that when you're sick in your body, amen, they can lay hands on you and you recover. I want to tell you, when you are broke, you got to come to a church that can lay hands on you and pray a blessing over your life. When you are in sin, you need a church that can come and reach into your life and pray you through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't need another religion. You don't need another denomination, honey. What you need is power. What you need is authority. What you need is the Word of God. Oh, somebody praise Him. Somebody shout and glorify Him. Hallelujah. Jesus was one that didn't just bring a word. The Bible says, as it was read today in the opening, that Jesus was the Word. Jesus didn't. The reason he had the authority when he spoke about the Word is because Jesus was the Word. Amen. Nobody can talk about the book quite like the author. Jesus said, I don't just know the book. I am the book. And when he began to break down the Word of God. Amen. Can I tell you, the Bible also says uh, he's the author and the finisher of your faith. Uh, nobody knows what you're going through uh, quite like Jesus, uh, so you can trust him. You can have faith in him. Uh, you got to believe that he knows uh, what you're going through, uh, and he knows how to get you out of it. Uh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Jesus teaches the word with authority. But then Jesus goes beyond that. After we get through the teaching, they were following him because he spoke as one that had authority. 
They wanted to be around the one that didn't just didn't just articulate the word or just talk about the word, but he was somebody that they could experience the word. Amen. When Peter was was told, uh, amen, after the whole crowd had left, will you go also? He looked at Jesus and said, I'm not going anywhere because you're the one that holds the words to eternal life. Amen. When you understand the power of God's word, you can't go anywhere. you got to stay right where God's word is. Amen. But it is there that now they come to a centurion. And this centurion, amen, he is explaining to Jesus that that his servant is about to die, that there's, 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 there's some devastating news that he is on his deathbed. And, and Jesus says, okay, I've heard all the good things that, that have been said about you, that you've been good to the Jewish people, and I'm going to come and I'm going to heal your servant. And this centurion said, oh, no, Jesus, I've got a revelation that there's authority in your words. Hallelujah. I got a revelation that there is power when you speak, Jesus. I've already heard you teach, and I've already heard all the great things about you, but there's something that happens. There's something that changes. All you got to do, Jesus, he said, speak the word only. Can I preach to somebody for a moment? Sometimes all you need is God to speak a word over your life, speak a word over your family. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. You've not seen it. You've not experienced it. This centurion said, Jesus, I don't need you to see it. I don't need you to experience it. I just need you to speak over it. Come on, somebody. All you need is God to speak over your life, and things change. All you need is God to speak over your family, and things change. That is, that is all he needed was just a word from God. And Jesus speaks the word, says, I've not found so great a faith and no, not in all of Israel. Amen. It's sad when Jesus said, I, I haven't even found this kind of faith amongst my own people. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, it would, the church ought to have more faith than the world. Amen. No, no, no person walking in, amen, visiting should have more faith than a saint of God that believes God can do anything. God can do anything. There, this is one of the first miracles that the disciples got to experience. And, and, and you've got you've to take this, amen, that, that, that any of us that were to experience a miracle or have experienced a miracle, uh, we, have, we have got a testimony. We've got an excite, exciting news to tell somebody. Uh, but imagine that it were to happen right now, that God were to do something incredible and powerful. And you were just walking in for the first time. You've never really seen Jesus do a whole lot. They, they'd only encountered a few things. This is one of the first miracles. And, and, and I want to tell you, the miraculous power of Jesus should never get old to us. Amen. It doesn't matter if you've seen one miracle or a million miracles. It should never get boring. Because Jesus never did, amen, the same miracle the same way. Jesus healed blind people, but he never healed blind people the same way because people would have said, well, this is how you heal blind people. You spit into some mud and you slap it in their eyes. No, Jesus says, sometimes all I got to do is lay my hands on you. Sometimes it's going to take some mud. He didn't want people to put their hopes and their trust in a method. Uh, he wanted them to put their hopes and trust in the word of God that was manifested before. Hallelujah. 
but they get this, they see this, they, they, they find out about this miracle. I want you to just take a moment and think about, amen, God performing a miracle and the buzz of excitement that is coming forth. Uh, amen, this day before they come to Nain, uh, this man that was dying, that was on his deathbed, that, that there was no hope for him, he was going to die. And all of a sudden, uh, but by simple speaking of the word, uh, Jesus was able to raise this man up uh, and he was not going to die, amen, because Jesus' word has power. There is nobody like Jesus. Let me say that again for some folks in the back. There is, there is nobody like Jesus. And this revelation is sinking deeper and deeper into the minds of the disciples. There's nobody like Jesus. Amen. I've seen him do all sorts of things, but now he didn't even have to lay his hands on nobody. All he had to do was speak a word. Amen. This man might have been miles and miles away. Might have been a two-day journey. Who knows? But we do know that when Jesus spoke the word, things happened. When Jesus spoke the word, things changed. When his word went forth, there was things happening. Can I tell you while I'm preaching this message? you can be healed while I'm preaching this message you can be delivered while Peter yet spake these words the Holy Ghost fell on them you don't got to wait to the end of the service there is power in the Word of God there's nothing like Jesus somebody clap your hands and give him praise hallelujah there is a flip side to the story about the day before the day before there are preparations being made for a funeral. The day before, there, is, there, are, there are decisions that have to be made about what color flowers we're going to have. What kind of coffin? Is it going to be cedar? Is it going to be walnut? Amen. What, what are we going to do for this poor woman who's a widow? She's already been through a funeral before. She knows how this goes. She's got experience Amen. In, in living through hurt and pain. Why don't you just let this sink in? It's not, it's not a it's not a time, amen, of excitement for this woman. She's she's been through this before, and in those days, a widow was was somebody that what was basically doomed to a life of poverty. Doomed to always beg and to scrap, but she still had hope because she had a son. That this son would take care because when that old widowed mother couldn't take care of herself there was going to be a young man that was going to get up and go to work I know we don't do that in America we just throw him in a home and say good luck but but in in other cultures it's not that way it is that that the younger begin to take care of the elder I think that's a good thing uh, amen for some folks to get a hold of amen I think that would do the church some good if we just got that revelation. Hallelujah. In fact, I want to shout and get excited. I got a Bible study at, at an elderly home in Fallon, Nevada. Amen. Starting, amen, later this month. And, and they can't come because they don't have cars and, and they're too old to drive. But, honey, we'll come to you. When they can't come to church, I want to just tell you it's time for the church to come to them. Hallelujah. But. But they don't have anything. She knows I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all right because I've got hope still. My future's still intact. My, my finances will get better eventually because my son's going to get a job. Or maybe her son already had a job. I don't know. But, but, but then she gets bad news of the doctor. I don't know if it happened the day before, if it was a week before, a month before, a year before. The Bible doesn't tell us. But we do know that that the day before that something happened. There was either the death or there was a preparation of the funeral. 
And this woman is getting ready to bury the last bit of hope she had. She's getting ready to bury her son, bury her future, bury everything she's put her stock in. She's now knowing that I am doomed for the rest of my life. I've already been through hurt. I've already been through pain. I've already lost my husband, and now the only son. I want you to just take a moment think about that. It wasn't like she had five sons, and she could just, uh, amen, we don't like you. Amen, we got too many of you, so I'm going to have to let one of you go. No, she only had one. She only had one chance. She only had one hope. She only had one thing left in her world that was still joyous. Now she's preparing to bury him. And, and this is where a lot of us leave our lives is in the day before. We live our lives in the day before because there's hurt in the day before. There is pain in the day before. There are things that, that we can't escape in the day before. We get to this position. And I know people that live their whole existence say that the Bible would say that it came to pass the day after that Jesus comes to the city of Nain. And, and there should be the excitement amen, that, 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 that the disciples are having because they just seen Jesus heal a centurion servant and deliver him from death. And, and they're all excited. But there is another group that is in a funeral progression and procession because there's a dead young man that didn't make it through the day before. I'm a preacher, somebody. There are two groups that are coming together in this moment. They're coming through the gate of the city. I want you to just take a moment and think about this. There are people that are shouting and excited about what Jesus can do. And oh, I want to tell you about how good God is. I want to tell you about how powerful God is. Amen. You know, there's some folks that don't like how excited the church gets. Because the church is excited. You just got to know what God's been doing this week. You, you just don't know like I know what he's done for me. I've seen God moving. I've seen God working. There's one group that gets excited, that shouts on Sunday, that's powered up. And there's a whole other group that's down, depressed, and distraught. Because, oh man, you just don't know what I've been going through. And there's people that would see Jesus and see the excitement do you not realize what's happened do you not realize what's going on there should be a funeral silence what are you guys shouting about what are you guys so excited about we should be a little quieter because there's a funeral going on at this gate of the city and there's people that live their whole lives and they live with this question where were you yesterday Jesus, where were you yesterday when I needed you and I was preparing, amen, to bury my son, amen, and they can hear about miracles. There's some folks in this building today. I can tell you about what God's doing, but you are too hung up on where God was yesterday. I'd love to tell you about what God's doing today, but you're hung up on last year, last week, last month, yesterday. And they are, they, there's two different groups going on here. One's excited about what, what Jesus is going to do next. What's the future look like? And there's other people saying, well, you just don't know what's happened in my past. You don't know what's happened in my life. And, 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 and Jesus wasn't there when I needed him the most. And Jesus wasn't showing up. And now I'm on my way and I'm burying my last bit of hope. Lift up your hands and let's pray.
Hallelujah. I didn't come to preach a long time, but I came to preach to somebody. You got to decide what group you're going to be a part of. Are you going to be a part of the funeral procession? Are you going to be part of the excitement that's crying Hosanna in the highest? Glory to God. God's been good. God's been better than good. Somebody pray. Come on, for a few moments, somebody lift up your voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And the Bible says it came to pass the day after. They've already prepared the funeral, got the flowers, got everything together. Amen. Any of you that have been involved in a funeral, you know how the process goes. It's not a fun process. I've been there. And, and, and they, are, they are now doing the last part of the funeral. They probably already said their words, cried their tears. But now it comes time where they get their motorcade ready. I don't know if that's legal anymore, but they get their motorcade ready. And uh, everybody gets in their Harleys to follow behind this young man because we're in Nevada. Everybody got a Harley. Amen. And they're revving their engine and got their spiked helmet on. And, and they're getting ready. We're going we're gonna to let this go out with a bang. We're going to send old Timmy off. And, and they got the hearse, and the hearse is driving. And they, they realize, you know, we can't bury him inside the city because, you know, Nain literally means green pastures. It's a beautiful place. Uh, Interestingly enough, Nain is on the opposite side of the mountain of a city by the name of Shunem. Anybody remember the story of the Shunemite woman? In the Old Testament, I, got, I don't got time to preach. In the Old Testament, her son died too. But there was a resurrection that happened. But too often people forget about their history. That God's been there for them before. I want to tell you, if you've ever heard stories of God performing miracles, don't give up hope now. If you come on, if God performed miracles for your neighbor, get excited. He's in your neighborhood. There. They got to bury him out of the city. We got to go to a we got to go to burial grounds. And they're on their way. And I don't know if they're just taking a few steps and they're stopping and, and they're crying. I don't know what the deal is. I do know in biblical times that there are paid mourners. Amen. I want to tell you, there's people that get that get some sort of some sort of pleasure, some sort of enjoyment. Uh, they get some sort of payment uh, out of other people's pain. Uh, there are people in our world that are profiting off of other people's pain. Uh, can I tell you, while you are struggling and while you are suffering, uh, there are people that are making some sort of profit off of your suffering. Uh, there are people that are making profit. Uh, I'm not just talking about physical suffering. Uh, there's people that when you realize and you feel like you're about to give up and lose hope, uh, there's somebody that they might look like they're crying, but on the inside they're smiling because they know a paycheck's coming they know something's happening uh, and they're going to profit off of your issues oh somebody lift up your hands Come on, there's some folks. you got to realize who your real friends are. I want to tell you, the world is not your friend because they're profiting off your demise. They might, they might be weeping with you, but I'm going to tell you, there's a church that's going to weep with you, but we're also going to rejoice with you. Somebody put it this way. Everybody, everybody wants you to do good, but nobody wants you to do better than them. <laughs> don't, don't judge people that will cry with you on your lowest moment. Don't, don't call those people your friends. Amen. I, I could get you about a bazillion people that when I was broke and homeless, they cry with me and my family when I was down. And I, oh, we know the struggle. But the minute I started doing well, they started looking down on me. Amen. You think you're better than us. I want to tell you, you got to start living your life and looking for people. Amen. That when you're down, will be with you when you're down. But when you start going up, they get excited. 
Amen. Don't have a prayer partner that will pray with you when you're struggling, that won't shout with you when you're excited, and God came through and answered your prayer. Oh, somebody shout. Somebody shout on this Sunday afternoon. Hallelujah. But there's these people, they got their, their paid, paid mourners, and oh, they don't even know the person. They don't even care. They weren't invested in this person's life, but she brought a whole crowd with her. There's a whole crowd coming with this woman from the city. And they're just, oh, we feel so bad for you. I mean, they'll feel bad for you, but they can't do anything to help you. Oh, I'm sorry to hear about your situation, but I can't do anything to help you. I don't really have an answer because I'm in the same boat as you are. We're all on our way to the funeral. We're all on our way to the gravesite. I want to tell you, this world has no answer. The world does not hold the answer to the world. The church holds the answer to the world. The world don't hold the answer for the church or the world, but the church holds the answer for the church and for the world. And they're marching their way. They get all the way to the gate. But the Bible says that there is a collision. You ever seen two cars crash? Amen. Somebody runs a stop sign and gets T-boned. That's exactly what's happened right here. There is a funeral procession. There is a motorcade that is making their way out of the city, out of this beautiful place, out of joy, out of excitement, out, out, out of hope and out of life. Amen. Out of these green pastures that David would write about that, that the Lord leads me. Amen. By the, by the still waters and by these green pastures. And they're making their way out of this, going from this beautiful place to the gravesite, to a funeral. And in comes this exciting group of people. Amen. These disciples of Jesus that just came off of another experience. Amen. Where they seen Jesus perform a miracle. Just came out of another Sunday service. Just came out of another Wednesday night Bible study. And they're excited. If he's done it before, he can do it again. And there are two different groups that are diametrically opposed to one another. One's crying, one's weeping, and one's shouting and excited. And I want to tell you, there's going to be a collision. You came in this house and you think it's by accident. No, honey, there's a collision that's happened. Oh, somebody worship him. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Come on. There's a collision happening in this building. You walked in with tears in your eyes. But honey, there's something about to stop your funeral. There's something about to change your life. Somebody stand all across the building. Lift up your hands. Somebody worship him for just a moment. Somebody worship him for just a moment. Come on. Come on, lift up your voice and somebody pray. Hallelujah. I want you to notice what's happening. There's paid mourners, and there's free worshipers. There's people, nobody tied my hands behind my back. Nobody put a gun to my head. I, I, I'm, I'm in church because I want to be in church. I came to the house of God, and I was glad when they said unto me, it was exciting. Amen. You just don't know what God's about to do. What happens when faith and doubt collide? What happens when joy, excitement meets mourning? Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. He'll give you, amen, the oil. Give you the, the, the garment of praise, the Bible says, uh, for the spirit of heaviness. I'll tell you what happens uh, when these two groups collide. Jesus walks over and he sees the woman. 
want to, I want you to know, amen, you wonder where God was yesterday, and you miss the fact that Jesus sees you today. You've got to have faith that God has been watching what's going on in your life. And everything God does is intentional. Jesus saw her, and he says, i got a commandment for you. Weep not. Nothing's changed in my life. I'm about to bury my only son, and I'm a widow, and everything's about to get worse. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been real enough to say, I've been there a few times in my life, where it, got, it was bad, but then it got worse and worse and worse, and I don't, I don't know what to do. He says, weep not. In fact, stop your tears. Stop your crying. When God collides, I want you to notice what's happening. There is a funeral procession of death. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He came to give life and life more abundantly. There is life and there is death and they are colliding. But I want to preach to you, Jesus always triumphs. Life always wins. Abundant life always wins. Somebody shout. I want to tell you before anything looks like it's changing in your world, before your life looks like it's changing, you got to understand something. Before it looks like your life's going to change, God's going to have you change your behavior. Oh, hallelujah. Before anything transforms in your world, God is going to have you change the way that you think. God's going to have you change the way you act. He says, stop crying. Nothing's changing, God. You've got to have faith that things will change. But in the process of telling this woman to stop crying, the funeral procession is marching on. Because they just going and doing their job. I've got to take this person. He's getting a little heavy. And Jesus walks over and puts his hand on the coffin. And when Jesus put his hand on the coffin, the Bible says they that were carrying the coffin stood still. I want to tell you, we serve a God that doesn't just make the sun stand still. He will make death stop in its place. He will make death stop in its tracks. He will make depression stop in its tracks. He will, come on somebody. He'll make everything you're facing and fighting stand still. And Jesus then looks at the young man. Says, young man, I say unto you, lie there, mope, cry and complain. Just, just stay dead. Act like everything's over because I didn't really come to help. I just came to, I just came to give you a little more sorrow. Jesus never shows up in your life, amen, to give you more pain and suffering. I know people got a weird theology about that. Jesus never shows up in your life to make your life worse. Jesus only shows up in your life to make your life better. I say unto you, young man, dead man, I say 
come to you. You're young. You got life left. Don't give up yet. Don't quit yet. There's still hope. There's still life. I say unto you, young man, arise. Can I preach to somebody? Stop the funeral. Stop crying. I say unto you, ARC, arise. I say unto you, visitor, arise. I say unto you, young man, arise. Young lady, arise. Man, woman, child, arise. I came to help somebody. And it didn't take uh, two years. It didn't take two months. They didn't make it all the way to the gravesite. That young man rose up. Can I preach? It's not over until God says it's over. It's not over until God says it's done. Somebody worship him. I want to open up this altar. You might feel dead. Life might feel like it's miserable, but I want to tell you there's a collision in this house. Come on, I want to lift up this. Lift up your voice, lift up your hands. Come on, don't give up on yourself yet. Young man, young lady, I say unto you, arise. Don't throw away your future. Arise. Well, I'm already dead, preacher. No, you're not. I serve a God with resurrection. Power. I want to open up this altar. Why don't you step out of your seat for just a moment? Come all the way down this front. There's people that have been visiting. There's some folks that have been in church for a while. And you've come into this house and you've been carrying some things. And you've been crying about some things. Amen. It might have been for the last few years, months, I don't know. But you got to step out of your seat and you got to make your way down. And when you hit this altar, it doesn't matter how dead it looks. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. When Jesus lays his hand on you, things are going to change. Things are going to change. Lift up your voice. Come on. Resurrection power. Resurrection power. He came to shut down your funeral. Come on. Jesus doesn't attend funerals. Jesus stops them. Jesus doesn't attend funerals. Jesus stops them. Somebody worship him. Somebody lose your ever-loving mind that God has brought a victory for your family. When I call your name, something happens when I call your name. 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 Somebody your name. Something happens when I call your name. The funeral is over. Call your name. Something happens when I call your name. Something happens. 
Sorry. 